Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Impact Today. This is Mark and Victoria Bowling. We're evangelists and teachers of the Bible, and we are excited to be with you today to teach you the powerful Word of God. We want to invite you to watch every single week. Bring your Bible and a notebook, write down the scriptures, look them up, study along with us the things that we're teaching so that you can really learn how to let the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit make an impact on your life. And please, we really like to hear from you. So visit our website at impacttoday.tv and send us an email. Let us know what God is doing in your life. Yes. Today we're going to be talking about the origin of sickness and disease. The origin of sickness and disease. Because so many people... They're always blaming God for this, blaming God for this. I don't understand why God has done this to us. And it's just a lack of knowledge. You know, the Bible says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, God says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So it's important that we learn what the Bible has to say about healing, about sickness, disease, where it came from, and how to receive um, to begin, we, we want to talk about just the original creation. Now, actually, Victoria mentioned it last week, but we're going to reiterate it. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, verse 1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in verse 26, on the sixth day, you say, yeah, on day 1, God created this, did this, day 2, day 3, day 4. And then all the way to day 6, is when God created man and woman. And it says this, God said in verse 26, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him, Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then you skip down to verse 31. And it says, then God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very Good. Praise God. There's a question for you. It talks about creation. It talks about what God did on day one, day two, all the way to day six. Then on day seven, he rested. On which day did he create sickness and disease? See, there's no mention of decay, no mention of death, corruption. Everything was good. In fact, in verse 31, again, it says God saw everything. That he had made. And indeed it was very good. Mm -hmm. Notice man and woman were created in the image of God. They were created like God. They walked with God in the cool of the day. Man could look in the eyes of God. Without any sense of guilt. Inferiority. uh, No shame. No fear. God was made it man and woman so he could have fellowship with them. Now notice this. 
There's no mention of sickness, no mention of sin, no mention of fear, no mention of anxiety. They were happy. They were strong. They were full of life. They were content. They were healthy. There was no, you know, Adam didn't limp. He didn't drag his leg around because of a crippling condition. Eve didn't have a goiter on her neck. Adam wasn't cross-eyed. Everything was good. In fact, if you were to have approached them on that, during that time and said, Man, today I have such a horrible headache. They would have looked at you with confusion and they would have said, um, What's a headache? Because there was no pain. Everything was good. And his original creation reflects God's will for you today. How he created the first man, and their names were Adam and Eve. How he created them is how he wants you to be. Healthy and strong. So, if everything was perfect, where did this sickness come from? The answer is found in beginning in chapter 2, verse 17. It says, uh, well, actually, we'll just start with verse 16. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the, of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. That was God's warning. He'd give them the whole earth. He had given man dominion over the whole earth. And he gave them seed so they could multiply the vegetation. And, and he, he says, of all the trees, of the fruit of the trees, you can meet, you're free to eat it all. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you may not eat of it. And uh, if you do, in that day you will die. Now, the tragedy of the human race is the devil, God's enemy, came and tempted Adam and Eve with questions and lies and convinced them to disobey God. And they disobeyed and they partook of that tree. And the Bible says they died. Now notice, they did not die physically. In fact, the margin of the Bible, when God said, in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. The margin of my Bible reads, in dying you shall die. In other words, they died spiritually, which eventually led to physical death. Actually, the Bible teaches us there are three kinds of death. There is spiritual death, there's physical death, and then there's what the Bible calls the second death or eternal death. Death always means separation. For example, spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation from God. Man and woman, they had been united to God. They were one with God. They had fellowship with God. They enjoyed the presence of God. And when they sinned, they were separated from the presence of God, from the life of God. That was spiritual death. Then there's physical death, like I just said. If there had not been spiritual death, there never would have been physical death. God never intended for a man to die. It wasn't until we sinned and we were separated from his spiritual life that we opened the door to physical death. 
What is physical death? Remember, death means separation. In physical death, a man's spirit is separated from his body. When you die, and you will one day, we all will die, um, your spirit leaves your physical body and your body goes into the ground to decompose. Eternal death or the second death is simply eternal separation from God in which a person who has died spiritually and then dies in that, that spiritual state, they, they pass away and they go into hell for all eternity. But the good news is you don't have to go there. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish. Notice that. Would not perish. That's a reference to the second death. That's a reference to eternal death. God loved us so much, He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And so, Adam and Eve, they sinned and therefore they died spiritually. Never forget, this verse is, tells, it just kind of summarizes some of the things I just said. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin... Thus death spread to all men because all sinned. So let's think, think about that for a second. Adam sinned. Eve sinned. Then they have children. And the seed of sin and death is passed to their children. And then to their children. And then to their children. All the way to you and me. And therefore the Bible says we have all sinned. And we come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord so physical death is really simply a manifestation of spiritual death all sickness disease poverty lack mental emotional disorders are all just simple manifestations of spiritual death but are you saying then that if a person has a sickness and disease in their body that they must have committed a sin since sin is the reason sickness came in? No. However, there are those who are sick and in disease because of acts of sin. But just because you are sick does not mean that you have committed an act of sin. Or let me say it like this. We have all sinned. All of right. us have committed acts of sin. Mm-hmm. However, just because you are experiencing a sickness in your body right now, that does not necessarily mean that sickness is a cause or is caused by an act of sin you've committed. But it does mean all sickness, all disease that's in the earth today mm-hmm is a result of the original sin that Adam committed. A sin nature entered the human race. Now it is possible to commit sin and that would open the door yes. for the devil to attack your body. Yes. But the, the re- remedy for that, the solution to that is just to repent. To repent and come to Jesus. In fact, James chapter 5, we, we, we mentioned, actually we mentioned this verse the last two weeks, 
It says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And if, notice, if he has committed any sins, they will be forgiven him. So it really shows the two sides, healing and forgiveness. Jesus is the double cure. For both, yes. If you have sin in your life, you can be forgiven. If you have sickness and disease, you can be healed. healed. So we see here, though, that sin, spiritual death, entered the world Mm -hmm. because of man's sin. And it wasn't until after man sinned that we see sickness and disease coming into the human race. But then that us, there's another thing we need to point out there. Is that sickness and disease is a work of the devil. Never forget that. Sickness and disease is a work, not of God, but a work of the devil. You have a story. Yeah, this is something that's really important to learn and know. God takes, uh, he doesn't take it, but he's given a lot of credit for sickness and disease. You hear it all the time. Why did God give that person cancer? Why did God take that person? God didn't give them the sickness. God didn't take anything. We have to learn the origin. The origin is Satan. The origin is the devil. I'm going to read a story about a woman who was bound by the devil. In Luke chapter 13, beginning in verse 10, we read about Jesus. As he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, a woman who was there who had been disabled by a spirit for over 18 years. The Bible says she was disabled by a spirit. Well, right then we know it's an evil spirit, right? She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. I've seen this before. Um, in some of our crusades and other places. I've seen it here around town where we live. You'll see a person, you know, they're walking with their face looking at the ground and they can't raise up. That is not the will of God. And Jesus died to fix that. Amen. Amen. She could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called out to her. I want you to notice that when Jesus saw her, Jesus is in the synagogue teaching. There's, it's probably full of people. She was probably way in the back, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. you know, because, number one, she's a woman, and number two, she had a deformity. You know, she had a disability. She wasn't, you know, given a seat on the front row. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that Jesus saw her shows you what kind of Lord he is. He notices people, and he sees you. Just like he saw that lady, he sees you right now wherever you are. When he saw her, he called out to her, Woman, you are free of your disability. Then he laid his hands on her, and instantly she was restored and began to glorify God. Here comes the religion But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, responded by telling the crowd, There are six days when work should be done. 
Therefore, come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. This makes me laugh because I have a feeling he's been working in the synagogue for years. And I don't think anyone's ever come and been healed. (laughs) But he's jealous. He's angry because Jesus is healing people. But the Lord answered him and said, hypocrites. Doesn't each one of you untie his oxen or donkey from the feeding trough on the Sabbath and lead it to water? Now notice this part. Satan has bound this woman. Satan has bound this woman. He didn't say, oh, why did God give this woman? No, Satan has bound this woman, a daughter of Abraham, for 18 years. Shouldn't she be untied from this bondage on the Sabbath day? He called her infirmity bondage. He called it what it was. He called out Satan. Satan's the one who made her this way. So we can clearly see from this story that sickness is a work of the devil. Yes, Amen. In fact, the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, and if you're serious about the subject of divine healing, I would encourage you to, to know this verse, to memorize it. It says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, I have heard of certain religious circles, uh, Christian, you know, here in America. You know, they'll say, well, the day of miracles are over. God no longer heals the sick, they'll say. And those same people in a different sermon will teach, God is making you sick to teach you a lesson. So God makes you sick and God doesn't heal. Yeah, it's very (laughs) twisted. Completely opposite of the scripture. Because here it says... God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the The devil. devil. He's the healer. The devil's the oppressor. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Does God want a work of the devil in his children? No. No. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's right. He wants our temple to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's no room for any other kind. That's right. 1 John 3, verse 8, in the middle of the verse we begin, it says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. When you become a child of God, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and in your Savior, and you become the the temple of the Holy Spirit, you're you're a candidate. You You can be healed in your body. You can receive Jesus Christ. I'll never forget as long as I live. The first time I was ever in the nation of India was the year 1999. I was in a village about an hour, hour and a half outside of the city of Chennai. And I was invited. Actually, we were in a church preaching the gospel. And there was a woman who came in bent over. She was bent over. The Bible says in Psalm that God lifts up those who are bowed down. If you're bowed down, you can be lifted up. I preached the gospel that day. And there was a woman in there bowed over like that. And uh, we prayed the prayer of faith for the people. And there she was. She stood up. 
She was lifted up, healed by the power of God. But after the meeting was over, we went. We were invited to go pray for a man in his home who had suffered a stroke four years before our arrival. Both legs were paralyzed, stiff. He could not bend them in the least. And uh, his hands were partially paralyzed. He would just lean over this large rod, his staff, and he was mute. What did we do? Well, I encouraged him to accept Jesus as his Lord. He couldn't pray out loud because he was mute. But in his heart, he opened up. And then we laid hands on him in the name of Jesus Christ. Never forget that. See, we minister in the name of Jesus. If Jesus was dead, his name would have no power. But because he's risen from the dead, he continues to do what he always did. Heal the sick. Open the eyes of the blind. Give strength to the cripples. Cause them to be healed. Set the captive free. And so we laid hands on him in the name of Jesus Christ. Believe we received when we prayed. And that man was healed. Notice, when we laid hands on him, we broke the power of the devil. Because we recognize that when someone is sick, it is due to a work of the devil. But Jesus is greater than the devil. And when we lay hands on him and we command in the name of Jesus, that work of the devil has to go. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that man was immediately healed in front of all of his neighbors and everyone accepted Christ because they saw the reality of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is still alive today. He on the cross died for our sins, but on the cross he also suffered our sicknesses and our diseases. So what Jesus did for that man we prayed for, what Jesus did for the crippled man, or the crippled lady, excuse me, the crippled lady in Luke 13 who was bent over, what he did for her, what he did for this man, he made available to all of humanity, men and women, boy and girl, because when he died on the cross, he died for everybody. That's why he said, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to every man, every woman, because the gospel is for every man and every woman. It's the good news of what Jesus Christ accomplished for you and I on the cross when he died. What he did for me, what he did for Victoria, he wants to do for you. First and foremost, he wants you to have the gift of eternal life. We already referred to it in John 3, 16. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And on the cross, Jesus shed his holy blood for the remission of your sins. He rose again, having defeated our enemy, the devil. Having purchased the gift of eternal life for all of us. All you have to do now is call on his name. Receive it right now. Receive the gift of eternal life. Praise God. I'm going to ask Victoria to lead you in a prayer right now to receive Jesus. Dear God. Dear God. I come before you knowing that I am a sinner. I come before you knowing I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. And I need a Savior. I'm lost. I'm lost. But I believe. I believe. That Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Is your son. Is your son. And he came to this earth. And he came to this earth. To live. To live. To die. To die. To be buried. To be buried. To defeat the power of sin in the grave. To 
to defeat the power of sin in the grave and to rise again from the dead and to rise again from the dead Jesus Jesus I turn to you I turn to you I turn away from my sin I turn away from my sin and I ask you I ask to you come into my heart to come into my heart take over my life take over my life be the boss of my life be the boss of my life wash away all my sin wash away all my sin I give my life to you I give my life to you I confess you as lord I confess you as lord I I believe that you've been raised from the dead. I believe you've been raised from the dead. And I receive you now. I receive you now. Thank you, God. Thank you now. For washing me clean. For washing me clean. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 If you just prayed that prayer, I'm here to tell you, as a servant of the Lord, your sins are forgiven. You have the gift of eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone be in Christ, he is a new person. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're brand new in your spirit. You're brand new. And Jesus Christ has come to live inside of you with all his power, authority, and resources. It's all yours right now. It's so good. Now, what's your condition in your body? You can be healed right now. The healer lives inside of you now. I'm going to pray for you. But just like that crippled man that we laid hands on, crippled for four years, could not walk, could not sit up and down, completely helpless. Jesus healed him. Jesus can heal you. Put your hand on the part of your body that's sick in Jesus' name. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Dear Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. You hear my voice. And I thank you. You see the beautiful people who's watching me right now. And I ask you now to stretch forth your hand and heal them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. May your mighty power flow into them right now, healing them and making them whole. Blind eyes open in Jesus' name. Deaf ears open and hear. We thank you, Father, that your miracle life flows into the limbs of their body. Those who are paralyzed, they're healed. They get up and walk. Those who have kidney failure, they're healed. Internal organs, heart, liver, kidneys, brain damage. We thank you for mighty miracles in their lives today. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. We believe it. We count it done. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's working miracles in your life. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Tell us about it. If you know that God has done a miracle, you've experienced His healing power working in you, or you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you prayed that prayer to receive Jesus, please tell us about it. Visit our website, impacttoday.tv. Let us know, or if you have a prayer request, just let us know, email us. We'll pray for you right away. We want to know God is good. He's doing good things in your life. Jesus is Lord. God bless you. And don't forget to tune in next week to this same program. God bless. Impact Today is made possible by the generous support of the friends and partners of Global Impact Ministries International. 